Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Significant parts of this podcast are set in 1983. There is a fair likelihood that there will be some language from that time. You have been warned. Um eine Aufnahme. Spanien und Tierda. This is Long Haul, 1983. A five games for Doomsday actual play podcast of a game by Sean Patrick Kane and played by Ben Maddox. Episode 1 The journey begins. Hello, you're through to 811370. I'm probably working my fingers to the bone to feed my lazy son, so I'm not here. Leave a message after the beep. Oh, and if you want to leave one for Darren, don't bother. Just go to the pub. That's where he'll be. Cheers. Mate! Christ, mate! I told you, you should change that answer phone message! It's been eight fucking months. Alright, alright. I'll shut up. You just do what you fucking want. Look, I, I'm just phoning to let you know that I'll be back in a couple of days, alright? Uh, I've got your backy and I... Look, I know your sick pay ain't much, so I'll pay for it this time. It's an early Christmas prezi, mate, alright? I shut me fucking hand in the door yesterday. No idea what's wrong with us, but but it swole up like a fucking balloon. It's, it's massive. <laughs> Look, I bet there's some birds in town to be up for that. <laughs> On that, mate, it, it's fucking great here. The, the beer is cheap as fucking, and the birds. He loves English blokes. 
<laughs> this is one. <laughs> There's this one that said I sound posh. Fucking me. <laughs> oh. Look, you you got to get your license, mate. Get out here. I mean, imagine the both of us, the open road, shagging our way across Europe. Really, mate, you you need to get out the house. Look, we'll go, we'll go for a nice walk when I get back. All right, get some get some wacky backy. Sit on top of Amaril and get stoned. You'll feel loads better. <laughs> she was a lovely woman, though. Your mum. We all misses her, so I so I understand, mate. But look, you you cannot sit in the house all day. It's an old bloody world, and, and you missing it. Anyway, I'll shut up. I know you ate it when I go along. All right, mate, look, I, I'm going to fuck off now. Well, I suppose you can hear it, but I'm at a nightclub, and, well, between you, me, and the lamppost, I reckon I'm in, if you know what I mean. So, so look, sit tight, mate. Don't do anything bloody silly. And I'll see you in a couple of days, all right? Cheers, then. You miserable fucker. So here we are. Welcome to the first episode of Long Haul 1983. Well, the first actual play episode, do you know what I mean? Where I actually play the game. And you can see I'm spinning my wheels because I've reread the rules today. But I'm actually quite nervous. Can you believe it? I'm actually quite nervous to start. So I so I decided that I would like to give my character and his relationship with his destination a bit of context. So I did a first message. I did a first message and... So to sort of give you an idea of who he is and and where it is. Now, I'm, I'm going to do a little disclaimer here. And I can't kind of believe I have to do it, but this is the age in which we live, I suppose. Alan Yarrington is going to be a man of his time. And I know Alan Yarrington because I grew up with many Alan Yarringtons. He's probably probably the same age as my my brother was at this time, which is sort of like, you know, early to mid-twenties in 1983. And and my brother was a... And, my, and his mates were Alan Yarringtons, right? And so there's a very good chance, as this is, you know, nearly 40 years ago now, that they're going to say things that are not in keeping with the current acceptable discourse today, right? And I can't believe I have to make this disclaimer, but, you know, it is what it is. That doesn't reflect my views on the world. It reflects the characters' views on the world. And I think if you decide to set a game in 1983, well, then you have the all the positives and negatives of 1983, right? And so he may say, I mean, I don't know, but he may say things that you think, oof, that's a bit rough. I think he said some things in that first message that you think, that's a bit rough. But this is the nature of drama, right? It has to be honest, so that disclaimer's out the way. Excuse me for that. But, you know, I just, you know, I just want people to go on Twitter and call me a Nazi or something. Anyway, so here we are, long haul. So you've heard the first message. He's, Alan's there having a great time. 
and he phoned his mate Darren and he's bringing back some backy for him, which, if you don't know, that's that's uh, English slang for tobacco, because that was a classic thing that you would do in those times. You'd go abroad and, and tobacco was always much cheaper in Europe than it, than it, than it was in England, so you'd bring back big packs of tobacco and big boxes of cigarettes and all of that sort of stuff. And so that's, yeah. So, as you can see, I'm spinning my wheels because I'm nervous, but here we go. So, we're at the first day, the first message. So, first thing I'm going to do, so here we are. I've got my fate dice. I'm not going to roll them yet. I just, you know, indicated a bit of foley work, live foley work. So, I've got my cards here, and I have... uh, I'm just going to shuffle them, and these don't get shuffled for the rest of the time. So this is going to be interesting, because it'll take me weeks to record this series, I guess. And so I've got to make sure these cards are in a safe place, and, you know, don't get mixed up in the meantime. So, what you're going to hear is the sound of an ex-croupier shuffling some cards. Isn't this atmospheric? There we go. Yeah, many people might not know this, but I did work in a casino briefly for about a year. Terrible job. You know, oof. And I saw some people with with issues. And, you know, the gambling the gambling authorities, they say, well, we work to help people with... No, they don't. They like people with issues because they spend all the money. Okay, anyway, enough, enough spinning my wheels here. I just spilled tea on me because I'm getting enthusiastic. Okay, so... I have the rules up on the computer. And so the day is in four phases. Start the engine, hit the road, check your progress, make the call. Okay, so for the first episode, I'm going to read through these phases so we kind of know where we're at. Every day begins with the same ritual. You slide your keys into the rig's ignition and turn. On my player sheet, there is an engine block. Let me have a look, just a second. I've got my player sheet here. So, I've got four fudge dice to start with this. And there are two areas in which I can place dice. Which means there's more chance of me passing. Because I roll all four and then I put the best rolls into the engine. So, at the, the, beginning, of the, the beginning of the game, one assumes that you're going to pass. And I'm just going to I'm just going to go over actually before I do that. I'm just going to go over sort of who Alan, Alan Yarrington is again. So he's wearing a shitload of blush, which I assume was a lark from the night before. He had a busted lip, but I changed that cuz I thought it would be quite nice if he shut his hand in his lorry. So he's got a swollen hand, which is his wound that he carries. A well-groomed soul patch. I, I think he's probably got a tash as well, to be honest, because I'm thinking of my brother quite a lot. My brother had a very impressive tash growing up. His nickname amongst my friends, who were quite a lot younger, it was Freddie Mercury. So you can imagine what kind of tash he had. He thinks this must be paradise when he comes out into the silent world. He's heading towards someone alone and scared, which is his friend Darren. The song in his head was, I just want to be your fantasy. I just want you to be right next to me. And that's because he was hearing it in the nightclub last night. The threat he hears is noises at night. They sound like screams, but he doesn't know if they're happy or in pain. The location is ice. And yeah, 
so I guess it's sort of mid-November, early December. He mentioned Christmas in the in the message. So, and yeah, he's going to his best friend Darren. So, this is it. This is exciting. So, I'm going to roll my fate dice. And then I'm going to choose the two best results. So here we go. Ooh, that was good. I rolled three pluses and one minus. So my transparent pink fake dice are going in my virtual my virtual character sheet there. So that's two pluses, which means roll the four dice, place your two best dice in the, into the boxes. If their sum is negative, the engine doesn't start. That isn't the case. Unlike other rolls in the game, there is no permanent consequence, so I can re-roll engine dice. And I just keep trying till I succeed. But if the sum of the two dice is not negative, which is positive, the engine starts. And I take a moment to consider the reassuring rumble. I'm ready to hit the road. Okay, so, uh, first part of the day, I've started the engine. And I'm heading out along the road, and it's icy. And so he's driving slowly, I suppose. Okay. Days on the road are long and tedious. There are occasional moments of beauty or hope, but the days are more often punctuated with panic, dread or agony. When you hit the road, take three cards from the deck, place them face down in front of you, then reveal them one by one. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to take three cards. I'm going to put them down in front of me, and then I'm going to put the rest of the packet of cards back in its box. I bought these cards specially. They are Phoenix Casino quality cards, linen finished. Cost me a fiver. Okay, so these three cards are are going to be removed from the game after I've used them. So, for you, so I have to refer to the Atlas, and that that is uh, the section of the book where it just basically tells you what the cards do. But there are four types of cards. So hearts, which obviously are body cards, and they invite you to consider the physical needs, injuries, and sensations of your character. So he's got, he's got a swollen hand at the moment. Mind cards invite you to consider the fears, memories, and perceptions of your character. So, you know, he's... Uh, well, I think he's all right. He's, he's quite like a lot of... You know, people, they pretend to be all right until they admit that they're not right, I guess. Rig cards invite you to consider the condition of your vehicle. So they're clubs, so diamonds are mine cards. Clubs are rig cards. Spades, road cards invite you to consider the world outside of your rig. Road cards also represent your travel. They will get you closer to your destination. So if I draw a spade card, I move on to the next destination, which would be a different type of weather. When you've revealed and resolved the three cards, you may end your drive. Note, you always have the choice of drawing and revealing additional cards. Extra time on the road is dangerous, but it might get you closer to where you want to be. So I guess this will depend on his kind of mental state, right? If he starts to get really stressed, which he isn't at the moment, then I, I it might be... It might make sense for me to draw more cards. And I like that, that it's not just three cards, that you can you can push your luck if you wish. I think that's great. So, phase three is check your progress. Some days are more fruitful than others. When you check your progress, you start by checking the cards you've revealed. If you revealed at least one spade card, which is a road card, advance to the next location, you're getting closer. If you have not revealed a road card, you'll begin the next day at the same location. And I'm going to take this as it's written on the character sheet. 
which is, I, I, I'm sure is the intention, right? Uh, that it's the same weather type. I'm going to think of locations as weather types. And same, also same sort of landscape and things. Then reflect on your day. What happened? What has changed? What do you now understand? Collect your thoughts, check your notes, and prepare for the call you're about to make. Okay, so I'm going to check the cards first. So the first card, this is exciting, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm actually genuinely a little bit excited. And I've realised this, this game is actually very simple. And I'm going to say this now. I'm a board gamer. And the written word is a terrible way to convey rules, unfortunately. But it kind of is the best way we have. It's like democracy, isn't it? It's the best of all the bad systems and that. So you kind of don't have a choice. You need to have the words convey the rules. It's just hard, isn't it? So this, when I first read the PDF, I was like, oh my god, this seems really, really complicated. And actually, when you play it, it's not. So anyway, yeah, it's because I'm nervous about revealing the first card. So here we go. Three of Hearts. This is a body card. You roll to a stop in front of a wounded animal and decide to remove it from the roadway. There is something off in its appearance. What do you notice? How does it lash out as you attempt to move it? Make a body roll. So, first thing I'm going to do is make the body roll. Which, let me look at my character sheet here. All this, this this first episode is going to be a little bit, you know. But, so body, I have three dice. Body, mind and rigor, all three. And it's the same, you roll the fake dice. I get to put three dice in. If it's pluses, if I fail a roll, I lose a die though, which is rough. I might lose a die on the first roll. Would you, Adam, and Eve it? And if I run out of dice completely, I die. All right. All right, so, rolling the dice. I'm nervous. Okay, so I have two minuses, one plus, and one blank. Now, I think that I haven't failed that because I can put a plus, a minus, and a blank. And I think that means I pass. Give me a second. I'm just going to go and check. Okay, so um, uh, Sean helpfully put some... uh, Example rolls in the back of the book, and basically it seems to me that if you hit zero, you pass. It's only if you're in minus you fail. So, I have a positive, a negative, and a blank, so I pass my body roll, which is good. I didn't want to fail it on the first one, because that'd be rubbish, wouldn't it? All right, so, so I am going to make some notes so I'm able to remember them when I when I write my answer phone message. So let's have a look here. So it says, you roll and stop a wounded animal. You decide to remove it from the roadway. There's something off in its appearance. What do you notice? How does it lash out at you as you attempt to move it? So I pass the body roll so it's not going to injure me. Um, but it's going to be difficult because of my swollen hand. There's something off in its appearance. Okay, that's spooky, isn't it? So it's going to have just blood red eyes, thick crimson eyes. And I think what he's going to do is think, well, oh, it got hit by something, so there was blood, even though it looks 
creepy as fuck. He's going to be able to sort of brush it off as not supernaturally. That's really interesting, because the first one... It sort of fed in some weirdness into it. That's 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 really good. I'm 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 enjoying this already immensely. All right, so yeah, so he's gonna. It's a cow that's uh, just laying across the road, and he gets out to move it. And how does it hit out at you? So when he picks it up, it's gonna make a noise. I'm not gonna go full attacky at this point. If I'd have failed the body roll, then maybe it's gonna make a noise, and he's gonna put it down to something he saw on the telly. That, you know, they make noise, but he could swear it was really, he could swear it was really making a noise. So it's going to put it down to air escaping from the body. But he could swear that it really wasn't, that it was something, you know, that the cow was really making a noise. So that's what we got. We've got a cow across the road. Its eyes are a deep crimson. And when he goes to move it, it's going to make a noise that's going to make him shit himself, obviously. And then he's going to put it down to, like, he saw a documentary and how dead bodies can actually make noises and this is where vampires came from or some shit, you know. And, but he's he's going to put it down to air escaping from the body, but it sounds, it sounded like it was making a noise. So at the moment, he's he's all right He's all right, so it's he's gonna do that thing people do when confronted with something, right? You're gonna you're gonna rationalize it. So that's 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 the f- that's card one. Here we go, card two. This is interesting. Give me a second. I'm, I'm flicking through a lot of windows here on the computer. I wish I had the book, but the postage from America is so expensive. You know, I would have bought the book, but you know. So I'm gonna have to deal with dicking around with computers. I hate computers. Like, I love them, but at the same time, they're a pain in the ass, aren't they? You know what I mean? Pain in the ass. Anyway, here we go. Two of clubs. So, this is a rig roll. So, this is about the lorry, which is interesting. Ah. So, the next time you fail a rig roll, you get a second chance and can re-roll your dice. Save this card as a reminder. Discard it when you re-roll. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get this two of clubs... And I'm going to put it face up in the box of cards so that will remind me next time I get it out that this is a get out of lorry free card. Very exciting. Okay, good. And the final card of the day. Will I advance location? I won't. It is the four of hearts. So you think, did you, you always get this right. So it's that mathematical thing that the randomness results in clumping. And you explain this to people, yet every time, if you shuffle cards, like you shuffle them really well, and then you get two cards of the same suit that are relatively close to each other numerically, some, I mean, did you better shuffle these? Have you shuffled these bloody cards? Randomness results in clumping. Leave me alone. Everybody gives me grief. What have I done to you people? That's just some fine acting there from me. There's some fine acting. Give me the Oscar. Okay, so... Three. Well, I've just seen in bold it says make a body roll, so I've got to roll dice again. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. One of your... No, it's the four, not the three. So one of your senses is heightened, another is dulled. Describe these sensations. All right, so... 
well, this is this is easy, isn't it? And it's going to be quite prosaic, but I think it's going to come into play later. So I, I, I see I, the way this story is going to be good is that it's going to ramp up. It's going to be a definite narrative. So if you look at The Thousand-Year-Old Vampire, right, The Thousand-Year-Old Vampire is very much more Brechtian epic theatre where you have, you know, just scenes and then they leap forward in time. So you have scenes all full of incident. This is going to be a slower, more sort of uh, normal story progression where, you know, it's going to progressively get worse progressively get more scary and it's going to be less although it's obviously episodic it's going to be daily it's going to feel less episodic and more sort of a natural storyline in in my view so so one of his senses is heightened another is dulled so his hearing is going to be dulled because he was at the nightclub last night wasn't he so i got the notes give me a second i hate computers so his hearing is dulled. Yeah, okay. And he's hung over, so he's feeling nauseous. So his smell is heightened. And this is this is good with this cow that he has to move. Because it's gonna be weird. It's gonna smell weird. And he's not gonna be able to put his finger on it, of course. But it's gonna be it's gonna smell odd. And that's how it manifests itself. And it's going to be because he can smell real well and that, isn't it? Okay, so this is the way these episodes are going to work, I envisage. They're going to be shorter than The Thousand-Year-Old Vampire. I'm just going to do one day per episode. And so you're going to get this little bit, explainy wainy, and then you're going to get the answer phone message at the end of the day. And I, I envisage the answer phone messages sort of being quite long. And so what I'm going to do is go through this, the travel, then... I'm going to sort of explain. So so he is going to talk about how weird it is, the solitude. He's going to talk about how, but how refreshing it is, you know, and how he loves his job and how it takes him into the middle of nowhere and all of that sort of stuff. And And then he's going to talk about that. He's going to talk to his friend about how his friend is and how he should be out there and how he misses him and all of that sort of stuff. And then he's going to tell the story about how he was driving and there was just this cow. And he got out to have a look at it and it was dead and its eyes were a deep crimson. And he's going to put it down to, oh, it must be something to do with it being it and the blood went into the eyes or something. But it's going to leave him with a weird impression. And it's going to smell strange. And he's going to move the cow and the cow's going to make a noise that he's going to put down to, like, air escaping from the lungs or something, but he swears blind that it was sort of screaming at him or something. And then, the art of the pitch, and then, yeah, then he's going to drive to a town, and he's going to realise that it's not just the place he was at, but this place is empty too, and that's weird. And he's going to talk about that and that. And uh, that's going to be the first message. Oh, I'm really good at this, aren't I? Anyway, so, but I'll, I'll, I'll read the, the rules. So, I've gone through, and then it says you, you have the, the deck of cards ready-outy bit. So, you, you have the, the list of cardy bits, and then phase four, 
I've done phase three, check your progress. That was look at the cards. And then phase four, make the call. So at the end of the day, your character finds a payphone and places a call to their destination. No one ever picks up. There is never a conversation. You leave a message on an answering machine. The content of the call is always up to you. You'll frequently summarise the events of the day, but should feel empowered to move in other directions. Each call is an opportunity to develop backstory, theories, and your character. Remember, too, that it might be your last call. Don't overplan or script it. I'm scripting it. Keep it loose and conversational when you begin to record. I hope that my sort of experience as an actor will allow me to, to make it sound reasonably convincing, you know. Then I leave your message. And when I'm finished, take a moment, discard the day's cards, and think about what tomorrow might bring. So, I'm going to record the message, and then I'm going to say a brief goodbye to you before the end of the episode. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm going to go and write it! I'm probably working my fingers to the bone to feed my lazy son, so I'm not here. Leave a message after the beep. Oh, and if you want to leave one for Darren, don't bother. Just go to the pub. That's where he'll be. Cheers. Darren? You alright, mate? Oh, I'd wish you'd pick up the phone. It's bloody weird here, mate. Oh, I don't need this with this fucking hangover. Look, I'll explain to you, and and you can have a think about it, and you you can tell me what you think's going on, or or if you've heard summit on the news. Well, I got that bird back to me cab, and I I woke up this morning, and her was gone. Now, now I know that doesn't sound weird, but but I climbs down, opens the door of the cab, and well. There was nothing. And when I say nothing, I means nothing. It was silent, mate. No birds tweeting, no cars, no no fucking people, nothing. That's just bloody weird. I, I was parked near one of them big supermarkets, so I, I goes in. Empty. The doors opened and I, I went in, but there was there was no one there. I shouted, and it it echoed around that massive shop, but I didn't get an answer. Oh, that's weird, mate. I mean, you should hear it. You never thinks about it, because when you goes into a supermarket, it's always full of people, but really, it's it's just a massive warehouse with food in it. And that's what it felt like, with my voice bouncing off all the walls. Well, I, I took a look around, didn't find no one, so I, so I grabbed some beers and some fags and left. Oh, and there was no newspapers either. I've got no bloody idea what's going on. It's not like that there, is it? Look, do us a favour, mate, will you? I know you hate going outside, but but have a walk around town. Or at least watch the news or something. See if you can find out what's happening. Anyway, it's only bloody eight o'clock there. Why aren't you picking up? 
I know you ain't doing nothing but rolling fags and watching telly. Now what's weird though? When I was in the lorry, on the road, no cars up me ass, no 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 dickheads cutting me up. It was amazing. You, you never realises just how, how bloody noisy the world is. Even a shithole like Tembury. You should just close your eyes and listen. There's, there's cunts talking, there's, there's always the noise of cars driving by, the telly, the radio, the, the, the sound of the bloody fridge. And that's all gone, mate. That's what real silence is like. You know, just, just, just the wind. I stopped the lorry, I, I turned off the engine and I got out. I looked across the empty fields, white with frost, and for the first time in my life, it was silent. Now I realised that, that it was the first time. And you know what's weird though? What's weirder than that? I loved it. I bloody loved it. It felt like the world was a blanket and I was I was being wrapped up in it, being held. You know, I never really felt that loved as a kid. Never really felt what it was like to be held. I felt like the whole world was today. Holding me. In that silence. Well, I know that's fucking weird, but, but that's how I felt. Still, I, I didn't want to freeze me bollocks off, so I got back in the lorry and I carried on. It's flat here, but it, it, it's lovely when it's covered in frost. It, it It's like the fields are filled with diamonds. <laughs> you know what, I think... I, now I think about it, I, I think the silence was so surprising, because, because I woke up this morning and my ears were fucked. I suppose the music was so loud last night, and, and I am never drinking again. God, what a load of bollocks that is. How would you feel if we were the only two fuckers left on the planet? <laughs> well, there's not much chance of us repopulating it. Oh, I do hope you're all right, mate. You think waking up to an empty town would be the weirdest thing that happened to me today, but but not by a long way. So, I comes out of the fields and I I, I starts driving through a big forest, you know, like the fuckers in the fairy tales, and it's a really winding road, and I, and I comes around a corner. There's this massive cow in the middle of the road, just just fucking lying there. Poor fucker must have been hit by someone. Well, I can't drive on, so I, I stop the lorry and get out to move it. It was a Frisian, black and white, and I, I can't see any blood on it. I, I can't see where it's been hit, you know what I mean? It's just lying there. Dead. It's eyes, though, mate. 
Now, I, I suppose it's blood from some some internal bleeding filling up its eyes, but but it didn't look like that. It was red, mate, like 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 dark red, and and the whole eyeball, like it had been filled up. Whew, just just thinking about it, it's freaking me out. Well, I goes to move it, and believe me, it's bloody heavy. And, and just as I get it to the side of the road, well, it bloody screams at me. Well, I watch this thing on the telly, and I, I know it's just air escaping from the lungs, but I've never heard anything like that. A screech, it was. Didn't sound nothing like a cow. Well, I, I dropped the fucker, jumped back in the lorry, and got off as quick as I could. Fair fucking freaked me out. Also, it smelled. Now, not stank. Not like a dead body or nothing. It smelled like metal. I know that sounds weird, but but if you'd smelt it, you'd know what I meant. It's just bloody weird, that's all. Well, mate, I, I suppose I should fuck off. Honestly, I'm knackered. I hope you're all right. I'll be back soon and we can have a spliff and have a laugh about this. Can you hear that? Here it is again. I've been hearing it on and off for the last hour. I can't tell if they're screaming or laughing. Oh, I can tell you one thing, though. I'm not going to have a bloody look in the dark. Well, you look after yourself, mate. All right? I'm going to go to bed and I I might give you a bell tomorrow. All right then, mate. Cheers then. And there we are. The first message. The first episode of Long Haul 1983. I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, I, you know... I, I still feel, you know, like I'm getting familiar with the, with the world and I'm getting familiar with the game, especially. And, but this is a lot of fun. And I, I hope you thought it was a lot of fun. And I hope you'll continue to listen. And this is where I do the shameless plug. So if you, if you like this stuff, if you want me to continue, you know, uh, think about giving to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 5G for D. It helps me spend the money to buy these games so I can, you know, play them and record them and all of that sort of stuff. And brilliant. Well, thank you for listening to Long Haul 1983. This will be an ongoing series and I hope you enjoyed it. So, I'll see you next time. That was a bad sign off, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. If you've got a, if you've got a, a good sign off that I can, that I can uh, use. Get on the Twitters at 5G for D, hashtag truck, and then give me a good sign off. And the best one I'll use. All right. And I'll even give you credit in that. Brilliant. All right. I'll speak to the Ashbater.